Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Communications. Connect to more. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Brooks, first and foremost, how you doing? Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, I'm wonderful, man. I mean, a Monday, I'm in shorts. You always talk about how I don't wear pants <laughs> to work. This right. doesn't work. No, I'm doing wonderful, man. It seems like um, I had a really fun NBA draft experience. I was up at Silly Lake and, um, you know, kind of checking in on the phone, but didn't get to watch a lot of live, but got, I, I had a lot of prep for the NBA draft going, working up to it. So getting to watch the NBA draft kind of just via the cell phone in a beautiful place on, the, on a boat. At a beautiful lake in Montana. It was hard to beat. So, yeah, I've been having a good weekend. I had a unique experience myself. I was uh, caught up on Thursday night. It was the uh, Best of Missoula Awards. Uh, thanks to everybody who voted for everybody here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, proud to be a finalist for both Best Journalist and Best Radio Personality here in Missoula. And uh, Mike Smith, also a finalist from The Trail for Best Radio Personality. And, of course, The Trail, <laughs> the the infinitely reigning champions of Best Missoula for when it comes to radio stations. Uh, so congratulations to everybody that was nominated and was a finalist, and of course the trail uh, for being so darn good at what they do each and every day. But anyways, I was not able to watch the NBA draft either, and because you were at the lake, you're usually my carrier pigeon. You're usually the guy telling me everything that's going on. 
So I had no idea about the Russell Westbrook trade until Rajim Seabrook told me live on air on Friday. <laughs> so it was uh, both at the same time an embarrassing and entertaining moment uh, for me. As you know, as you always say, the ESPN guy had no idea Russell Westbrook was traded uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. So we might get to a little bit of an NBA draft evaluation in hour number two. I know we were a little bit shaky on the sound there to begin. So Brooks Nuanas, if you missed it, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. So we're doubling up the Nuanas now. We get things started here on the first Monday of August with the Montana Football Hour. We're going to talk about some of the key storylines for both Montana and Montana State coming into fall camp. Both schools do open fall camp this week. Talk about some key position battles for each squad. And uh, then also talk about the FCS preseason All-American team uh, that came out today. A whole bunch of guys from the Big Sky Conference, including, uh, count them up, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys on the first team. And so we'll talk just a little bit about the talent in the league and where it sits among other FCS conferences. Also going to talk about conference realignment as a whole. Um, This has been and will continue to be a, if not the, paramount storyline across college football. And uh, with Texas and Oklahoma officially confirmed going to the SEC here in a couple years, what's on the horizon and what does that mean for schools at the Big Sky Conference and the FCS level, I think that uh, everything trickles downhill. So there will be ramifications when it comes to small school sports. Third thing we got to mention is the Missoula Paddleheads. Their game yesterday uh, was called off because of a power outage. I've never actually heard of that. Um, but I know that about 6,000 people around Missoula lost power. So hopefully you got your power back. Uh, sounds like it was just a short out of some sort of a breaker in a service area. But it uh, seems like they've remedied that at least a little bit. So hopefully you got it back. But because of that, a doubleheader for the Paladins tonight, and the first pitch is at 5.30 p.m. Therefore, about 5.25, we'll get out here and go down to the ballpark with Jeff Safford, the voice of the Paddleheads, and he will have your call for the doubleheader tonight uh, against the Grand Junction Rockies. But before we get to any and all of that baseball, let's talk some football. Montana Football Hour, presented by Skyline Sports. SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports has comprehensive coverage of Big Sky Conference football across the league, but mostly Montana, Montana State. That's what our great listeners around the Treasure State are hungry for, and we'll have a bunch of content for you just a little bit later on this afternoon. Andrew Houghton, uh, previously of Skyline Sports, back in the fold with Skyline as well as us here at ESPN Missoula. He's got a couple of fun stories, one about the Grizzlies and uh, their rising expectations entering this fall, and the other about slogans for teams, social media, hashtags, all that. It's become a big deal around Big Sky football. So we'll have those two plus uh, a little feedback on the All-American release, and I'll have a story about Brent Vegan and the Bobcats as they open up their first head, uh, their first fall camp, excuse me, uh, under their new head coach. Brooks, it's been a long time. I know we got to cover a couple games in the spring with Montana. We also covered a pretty fair amount of spring football at Montana State. But it's been since mid-December of 2019 that we got to see Bobcats and Grizzlies live in action in uh, meaningful and consequential games. It seems like it's been forever. I can't wait for it to return. I am incredibly proud of us for being able to navigate the waters to even get to this point because there were some dire moments there where, I mean, you take for talk, uh, you take photographs for a living of live sporting events. Well, there wasn't, there hasn't been any. That's not been very good for uh, business at large. It's but, not optimal. No. no, it's not optimal. But we made it through. Here we are, and uh, really, really excited for fall camp as we approach the opening because I think that there's rich and prevalent storylines in both programs. But what has you most excited about uh, just the return of football around the Treasure State and around the Big Sky Conference? Well, there's a lot of things, man. I mean, honestly, from my perspective, when we talk about being a photographer, you talk about, uh, you know, 
programs that have changed, programs that have not changed. I'm really excited for, you know, a couple years into Bobby Houck's um, second tenure here at Montana. You start to get a little bit more consistency, offensive, but especially defensively. Those That defensive unit for the Montana Grizzlies last year looked so much like a throwback Bobby Houck to defense in, sure. in such a positive way. I mean, it, it was something that... It felt nostalgic in a way where you saw the effort, you saw people running to the football. So you get to see a little bit more consistency, um, and probably offensively you hope that the Grizz will take a, the next step as the offensive line continues to improve. Um, so I'm looking forward to that consistent model that we saw from Montana last year, taking that next step forward. And then in Montana State, it's a whole new thing. I can't tell you as a photographer how many photographs I've taken of 22 personnel running power up the left side. I can, no kidding. I can only take so many of them, right? I mean, I've taken <laughs> 10,000 of the same photo. Just 23 different ball carriers in 2019, but you're right. The same plays and formations, essentially. The guy hits the same gap over and over <laughs> 65 times a, a, a game. That might be the case again for Montana State, but I imagine it'll look a little different. So sometimes as a photographer on the field, you get to see a whole slew of different things when you get a new coaching staff. Things that are surprising, things that challenge you as a photographer, where you're going to get the, the camera lens pointed towards. Um, and both of those things combine into having fans back in the, in, the, in the stadiums. How exciting it is for a game day atmosphere. I think we all love that in Missoula and Bozeman around the Treasure State. But the idea of coming together as a community and getting to go out to an event that is as important as a Saturday football game um, in the fall in Montana. You only get a handful of them, seven, maybe eight a year, depending on what the playoffs look like. So every single one matters so much, and I think it's palpable when you get fans in the stands, and that is something that I just cannot wait for, is to get that reinvigoration of the of the fan bases and the communities back in the, in the stadiums. Working in radio, working here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, and uh, – I mean, obviously, media, our job to cover these teams, our um, responsibility, but also passion to do so. It's a direct. It's directly correlated to the performance of the athletes. It's directly correlated to them being able to perform. But working at Missoula Broadcasting Company and heading up ESPN Missoula as well, uh, I've learned so much about just the business elements of all of this, the advertising elements of all of this. We've always had a, a pretty... Uh, significant and con- consistent subscription revenue uh, at Skyline Sports, um, but we've delved into other elements of monetization for media. That's all to say you never really truly comprehend how important football is to the economy of Missoula and Bozeman until you lose it. And that was the story I heard around the community. I mean, Brooks works in beer and wine sales in Bozeman and also does a a fair amount of reporting over there as well. So we're out in the community talking to business owners, particularly people that own bars, restaurants. I heard the same story from everybody for the last two years. Man, we got to get football back because if we don't have football, we don't have, I mean, everything. In effect, the trickle down has been profound. And so just from a communal standpoint as well. I think that football being back is just going to be so reinvigorating for both the communities that have the Division One schools. Yeah, we talked about it recently. I mean, uh, we've heard from athletic directors at Montana that an average home game brings 3 to $5 million to the, to the city of Missoula, which is a huge revenue push. And if you lose that, let alone all the surrounding businesses that thrive off that, they're, they're included in that pool, and, and, and we are as well. And you've mentioned it off the top there, Colt. I mean, we started a, an independent media company at Skyline Sports seven years ago uh, to, to cover the Big Sky Conference and focus on Montana, Montana State in a completely independent fashion. And we lost almost all of that revenue stream just due to the lack of sports that there were and the uncertainty of them coming back. And how lucky are we that a year later, it seems like things are going to be full full throttle with full stadiums, which is so exciting. Montana Football Hour presented by SkylineSportsMT.com. Brooks Nuana is my partner, my business partner, and my brother in studio with me. 
I'm Coulter Nuanas. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Hit up nwmsrocks.com to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. The schedule's changed again. The paddleheads are not going to be on until 6, so we will have full duration of Nuanas now, so that's a good thing. We can get to uh, some Olympics, maybe some NBA draft, some NFL questions, all the uh, the other stuff I've been burning on uh, for quite some time. So we'll have a full duration of Nuanas now leading up to then a doubleheader for the Missoula Paddleheads tonight against the Grand Junction Rockies. Jeff Safford will be on the call for both those games right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. All right, before we get into some of the more in-depth storylines for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats, Brooks, number one, what do you think is the top storyline for this Grizz team coming into year four, season three of Bobby Houck? You know, I really wish I didn't have to say that it was probably the quarterback situation because I think that Bobby Houck's teams have always functioned on not having the quarterback battle be the absolute focus. It usually starts on who are the five offensive linemen going to be? Who are the defensive front going to be? We need our star linebacker to have a partner next to him. You have Jace Lewis, who's preseason, you know, one of the top linebackers and defensive players in the big sky. Who's going to sit next to him? And then you have Robbie Houck in the back end with a, with a pretty seasoned group, especially with the transfers that are, they're adding. But at the end of the day, is Cam Humphrey going to be the guy? I think it's really important. So I don't know how I veer away from that. But if I had to veer away from the, from Cam Humphrey, Chris Brown, what does that quarterback battle look like? I want to know who those front five are because Montana has had such dominant teams the last three years with a struggling younger offensive line. Not struggling, but a a group that hasn't always had it all put together. Now you have a bunch of senior leadership. You have guys that have come back for their third third or fourth season starting. Um, i really like to see what those five look like and see who that 6-7 spot is because that's where Montana football has been defined, and Bobby Houck's not going to get away from that. I think it's even broader than any personnel or anything like that. I think for Montana, the number one storyline coming into the season is can they continue to raise their expectation to have an elevated level of, of excellence, an ex- expectation of excellence. Because I think if you're looking at this from a recency bias, you say, okay, the Grizzlies are picked second in the league by both the coaches and the media. Okay, so that's a that's an improvement for Mo- where Montana's been the last couple of years. That's also a, f- a vast uh, fall from grace from where Montana was for so long. At what point is the past too far in the past? At what point do we stop referencing more than a decade ago. Well, we're, we're to that point to reassume the dominance, to return to dominance, as Bobby Houck has uh, long professed his goal is to, that, that, that that's his goal. That's what he wants this program to do. Well, they need to have the expectation that being voted second in the Big Sky Conference or having five preseason All Americans is nothing. That, that it's. It's the baseline. It's the minimum of what you should have. It's my notion that the the ten and four season that the Grizzlies had in 2019, where they went to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs, that's not an incremental step up. That is the resetting of where the baseline should be. That's as bad, quote unquote, bad as Montana should ever be, in my opinion. I think you should win nine or ten games at Montana. Period. I think you should win five of your your six home games, if not all six. You should host a home playoff game and win that one. So that means if you go 500 on the road, you're a 10-win team uh, during an 11-game season. And so I just think that the the continued building of we're better than we were, but that's still not good enough until we're nationally elite is the number one storyline for the Grizzlies coming into 2021. And I I agree with that. And you also have to take into perspective, and we've chatted about this, is the idea that when Montana started to change in t- from 2010-11, that was you know a big season for them. And then in 11-12, yep. things started to change a bit. In 11-12, 12-13, things were different in, in, down here in, in Missoula. 
a lot of that has to do with football growing in the West as well as the FCS growing. You, sure. talk, you talk about Eastern Washington taking the next step, but right now it's been Weber. You know, sure. I, I've thrown back some 2007, 2008 throwback Weber State games where people were trying to actually tell me that Weber wasn't that good, and I remember them being pretty darn good, but they're, not, sure. they're not as good as they are now. Weber State gets a brand new athletic facility. Eastern Washington takes strides in, in recruiting. You talk about the growth of, of football in the West at the Division One level. There's only three conferences. When Montana has a little bit of a down year, that vacuum gets pretty big pretty quick. It's also worth noting, too, we hear about the arms race, the facilities race in Montana so much. We hear about it in the neighboring schools to Montana, like Idaho, Weber State. But we don't really ever hear about it about the fringe, quote-unquote, schools in the Big Sky Conference. I had no idea until I was playing golf when you and I were playing golf with Jim O'Day, former Montana athletic director, last week. Jim is really good friends with Mike Barlow, who's the athletic director at Northern Arizona. Mike used to work here in Missoula at Montana. Jim was showing me all the pictures of NAU's new facilities. I I had no idea. NAU's building a $58 million athletic facility, all with student funds. So it's not donated. So it's not covered by the media because it's just all internal. But that's still happening. So can they use that? Can they parlay that? UC Davis is about to open a beautiful new facility. There's a lot of rumors that UC Davis is going to be the one that might have the launch pad to go FBS before any of the schools in the Big Sky Conference have that ability. So I do think that the arms race is on everywhere. And you're right. If Montana dips, the vacuum is pretty profound. And so we'll see if Montana can continue to take the uh, the next step as they try to return to the ranks of the national elite. I think they believe they can be there. And I think that's probably the most promising part if you're a follower of the Grizz. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Skyline Sports, skylinesportsmt.com. Go get your subscription today. We have a whole bunch of a... Um, Football coverage for you with fall camp kicking off in the season just right around the corner, about one month away till the debut of the football season. I got all our travel dates and everywhere we're going to be set up this weekend, so that was exciting. We'll do a little uh, where's Coulter, Brooks, and Andrew going to be this fall here later on this week because I do think it's interesting, you know, kind of the way we pick games and what are the pivotal games um, coming into this upcoming season, both for Montana, Montana State, and the rest of the Big Sky Conference. Brooks, I think that the answer to the next question is obvious and easy. The top storyline for Montana State. Brent Vegan. That's it. Yeah. I mean, How do they replace Jeff Choate? Or is that is that even a storyline? It's going to be a storyline just due to the dominant nature of Jeff Choate's personality within the, within the team, within the conference, within the game structure. I mean, such an interesting person, let alone such a highly motivational person. Those Montana State football teams have had his fingerprints all over every inch of it, every yep. game since the second he showed up. Yep. Now it's a completely new thing, you know, and there's a really interesting dynamic of they did lose a couple guys, but the holdover was better than I thought. You know, a lot of times when you get a new coach, you, get, you lose a lot of different players. This is the irony of the situation is the fact that Choate was a, a, a machine when it came to recruiting. He never stopped recruiting. He tried to out-recruit his entire roster every single year. He also was so good at talking, and he was so um, transparent in certain ways that the storyline of the mass exodus every offseason from the Bobcats was largely overshadowed and or completely not talked about unless it was Choate directly addressing it. Montana State lost at least 28 players every offseason under Jeff Choate. I believe that they've lost 10 players since Choate left, so fully one-third of the normal amount that they lose. So... And again, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Choate was always the guy that, you know, spring ball was 
a tryout, basically. And he's got 10 FBS guys ready to roll to take your spot if you can't make the team. He also was so good at uh, recruiting Montana, so he would give a lot of in-state walk-on guys opportunities that then would replace roster spots. But I agree, the roster turnover was not nearly as big as I thought. And so then the common storyline after coming back from the Big Sky kickoff, talking to Amandre Williams, Lewis Kidd, the two senior Bobcats that were there, they basically said the same thing, that the culture is set, it's a player's program, and we're doing it for each other first and foremost. Is that a veiled shot at the coaching staff? I'm not sure. Is that a revelation of a lack of confidence in the coaching staff? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think that that's just sort of the way that Choate left it. And I think that these guys, especially the older guys, the guys that are fifth and sixth year seniors, they're just going to operate like they still play for Jeff Choate until this season is over. No, I totally agree with that. But I think that Jeff Choate also built a players program that he defined. <laughs> it's not what a players program is. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. What a thing, right? I mean, a guy that is in a good way. I don't mean manipulative in a bad way, but a guy that could manipulate it so hard, his mm-hmm. own troops, his own his own self, to build a players program that was all defined by him and his structure. It's not necessarily how a player's program is run. You can motivate guys to do player-run workouts or player-run practices, PRPs. He pounded it down our throats. <laughs> the idea of motivating guys to get those things going is one thing, but the idea of structure within season, it really doesn't feel like a player's-run program. And I don't think that was a bad thing. It's just always interesting to hear players say that. Choate is among the most fascinating characters, I think not only that we've ever covered, but that we will ever cover. Because your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, right? And that defined Jeff Choate. I think that he was among the best motivators and among the most intellectually stimulating speakers and coaches I've ever been around. He is absolutely one of the guys that I would love to play for. Um, I think he has an old-school mentality. I think a personality that fits Montana almost perfectly. And I think he also played a style that catered to getting better as you go as the season goes along, particularly when you play outside in cold weather climates. I think that's why the Bobcats were good in the playoffs and they got better as the season progressed each, each of Choate's last two seasons. That said, there's only one guy I've ever seen that's a head coach that can win by the way that Choate wanted to win. He truly wanted it to be all about energy and passion and motivation. And things like schematics and execution and in-game adjustments were so far down the list of why Montana State was going to win. I mean, we saw them getting outcoached and getting beaten and all of these things. And Cho wouldn't make some crazy adjustment. He wouldn't make some interesting substitution. Nope, he put all 11 of his best guys on the field and run the same damn play over and over and over again. To watch it actually be possible was so entertaining and fun, but it's not replicable. There's no other coach we've ever been around that can do that. Never. And so I I think that that's the dichotomy of why this question mark for Montana State is so huge. Because on one hand, they're not going to be the bloodthirsty, shove it down your throat, bludgeon you to death for three and a half hours on a Saturday like they were for the last couple years. They're not going to be that this year. I don't think that Brett Vegan or anyone else could even be the motivator to have that. But they could be a lot better in certain ways. Like we saw so many different plays during the spring game that were just, you know, pretty simple flood concepts or combo routes in the red zone, 
that were thrown for touchdowns. We saw tight ends catch touchdowns. Just the simplest things that we haven't seen forever. So there's just this duality between what was, what is, and what will be at Montana State. Yeah, and there, I think that the one of the most unique parts of that Jeff Choate bludgeoning people it's so funny because it was the most true saying of all time. He said, we want to drag them into deep water and the beach in the fourth quarter. And that happened. But there was times where they would be running stuff up, running stuff down, running stuff trying to come back, running stuff in the fourth quarter. That was all the same stuff. So the inter- All the same stuff. So the interesting part about Vegan, Brent Vegan, will be a new coaching staff with a new OC, a little bit of some, some of the same staff retained, but a new OC and a new head coach. And a new DC. And a new DC. What does that look like offensively when things start to go bad for you? Right. Do you try to get back? The, the players have never set, said our DNA when we're down or we throw an interception, something goes bad. Our DNA has always been to get back to our bread and butter. Well, this staff want to change it up and start to push the envelope. It's really interesting for a group of entire, there's not a single kid at Montana State that has ever played at Montana State under a system that is not just to bludgeon you. So sure. the idea of can you get the confidence during those 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 moments when you have to switch it up, I think Brett Vegan will want to throw the ball more. I mean, he is a quarterback quote-unquote guru, there's no way a quarterback guru is going to run at 60 times a, a game. Well, and that's the whole thing. It's like we always talk about. This is the other thing that made Montana State these last couple of years just so anomalous. In its essence, modern-day college football is about making kids make mistakes. That's what it's about. It's about getting a guy in space so the guy who's guarding him falls on his face and you score a 60-yard touchdown. It's about making one guy miss and exploiting the mistake. That's how almost every single game goes. That's what changes drives, converts third downs, gets points. Even Montana, who has a, old, a, coach, a head coach with an old-school mentality, they're all gas, no breaks now. They're trying to score 50 points. Right, they're, absolutely. They're, they're trying to get Gabe Solcer in space so he can beat you. They're trying to spring a huge kick return with the Malik Flowers. They're bringing the freaking house on defense on every play. Montana State did none of that. They literally ran zone read and gap scheme over and over and over again offensively, and they literally ran their big three safety look that's like an extended nickel. It just depended on if Troy Anderson was in the game or not. And other than that... Same personnel, same call, same everything, but they were so tough that they could get by. And so that's where, you know, I I just think there's this dichotomy. Can these guys perform with a new identity? Who knows? But if they can't, that still could be okay because... Like we haven't seen a Bobcat wide receiver just catch a, a deep post on a, off a play action on you know a one-on-one coverage since Dakota Prukop was playing for the five Cats. full years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we could see we, they could just score in you know some more tr- conventional methods, and I think on defense too, their defensive personnel is built to run that three-four that Choate was running, but. Still, you have great athletes. You have guys that could get after guys. I mean, Mondra Williams could be really good just coming off the edge as a defensive end. So could Daniel Hardy. Troy Anderson's going to be good no matter where he's at as long as he stays healthy. So I just I think that they could actually, in certain ways, use the speed that's on their roster. That's the other benefit Montana State has is they have a ton of talent because Choate recruited really well. So the cupboard is not bare. It's, in fact, stocked full. So how they transition to a stylistic change, mentality change, it'll be the key for Montana State. It's Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Those are the broad storylines for Montana Montana State. We're going to give you more of the in-depth storylines for both the Cats and the Grizz as they begin fall camp. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by SkylineSportsMT.com. Brooks Nuanez in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. More in-depth analysis, Bobcats, Grizzlies, and the Big Sky Conference. Right after this, keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. 
Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. For the first time in 18 years, the Helena Senators are the American Legion baseball champions of the Treasure State. Hello, this is Coulter Nuanez. The Senators posted a 7-5 win over the top-seeded Billings Royals in the deciding game to clinch the state double-A championship in Great Falls on Sunday. The Royals entered the tournament on a 20-game winning streak before defeating the Billings Scarlets and the Senators to advance to the championship part of the bracket undefeated. But Helena bested the Kalispell Lakers 4-3 early Sunday to set up the championship bout. Both the Senators and the Royals still advance to the Northwest Region AA tournament next week in Gillette, Wyoming. Former Missoula Sentinel standout Shelby Schwain is headed to Montana State. The former Lady Grizz basketball player will participate in jumps for the MSU track and field program. Schwain is the daughter of Shannon Kate Schwain, the leading scorer in Lady Grizz history and the head coach of the UN women's basketball team for four seasons leading up to 2020. Shelby's father, Brian Schwain, was the head coach of the Montana track team for 12 years, but was actually a record-setting decathlete at MSU back in the early 1990s. Shelby Schwain was the Class AA state champion in the high jump back in the spring of 2018. And finally, former Montana Girls Track and Field Athlete of the Year Angelica Street will transfer to Montana State from Texas A&M. The Columbia Falls native set Montana's all-class record in the Javelin two springs ago. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Didn't know if we were actually going to make it to this point, but damn it, we did it. And thank God it's here. It's Montana Football Hour on Nuanez now. Welcome back. You listen to 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana Television. The guy with the matching shirt, that's my brother, business partner, contributor to this show, doubling up the Nuanez now. Brooks Nuanez here with us. And the Montana Football Hour this week, presented by Skyline Sports. Skyline Sports every day, every season, will have comprehensive coverage from a print photography, podcast, and multimedia standpoint throughout the 2021 football season and beyond. Proud to say we're celebrating our seventh anniversary at Skyline Sports. Actually, very cool. Our seventh anniversary was officially on uh, the day of the Big Sky kickoff this year. So that was cool. Brooks was uh, caught up in a big meeting over in Bozeman, so was not able to make the Big Sky kickoff, but we'll have all the coverage for you coming out of that event and coming into the season openers across the Big Sky Conference. Southern Utah, the first team in action, August 28th against San Jose State, and then it hits uh, Bedlam on Saturday, September 4th. I'll be heading to Laramie. We might have a team going to UW for Washington game as well, but either way, we'll have coverage all the way across the Big Sky Conference each and every week, so go check out 
SkylineSportsMT.com. And by the way, we'll also have the Montana Football Hour to lead the first hour of every Monday on this show. I think we'll have many contributors to the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Uh, a tease for maybe another uh, addition to the arsenal here with the uh, new color commentator from Montana State. I cannot say who it is going to be yet. But we'll let you know, and he'll definitely be involved. Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as ESPN Missoula will be with us. And Brooks Nuanas will also be helping us out as well. Can't wait for this upcoming football season. All right, we're going to give you some key storylines. We're going to go back and forth. Grizz, Bobcats, Grizz, Bobcats here. These are in no particular order. These are just sort of the position battles and uh, some of the insights we have coming into this season. So for the Grizzlies, number one, I have the uh, rotation along the offensive line. I think the fact that we're talking about the rotation and not the starting lineup, not um, the depth or lack thereof, but the fact that we're talking about a bunch of different guys who could play at different spots shows you how much this group has grown. I think you got an entrenched, well, I know you have an entrenched starter at left tackle in Conlon Beaver. Uh, he's going into his uh, third full season and fourth overall season starting at left tackle. I think Dylan Cook will almost certainly start uh, somewhere likely right tackle for Montana. A.J. Forbes, the sophomore transfer from Nebraska, he hurt himself, or he got hurt during the Portland State game this spring. Initially looked bad, um, hearing that it's not quite as bad, and that he, well, I hear it's not nearly as bad, in fact. It looked like a torn ligament of some sort, a torn ACL perhaps, but I'm hearing that it's not that, and that he will be good to go for fall camp. So Forbes, likely the guy at center. If he can't go at center, Skylar Martin, a guy that has some starting experience, will go at center. But the other thing I'm interested in is where does all the other positions uh, fill out? Because I do think that there's an opportunity for maybe Colton Kynes to rotate in at both guard and right tackle with Dylan Cook. Moses Mallory established himself as a good player uh, during the 2019 season, but he struggled with his conditioning. Where is he at as far as being in shape? Can he contribute at a full game level? Cordell Polans. He came in as a junior college transfer. He's got the size. He's had a hard time staying healthy. Tyler Ganong, one of the, the big uh, guys Bob Stitt brought in and, and one of the few holdovers from that uh, Stitt era, uh, also has made big strides since Bobby Houck took over. And then you have to think there'll be one or two of the young Montana offensive linemen waiting in the wings, whether uh, it's Trevor Wellnell or... Um, Garrett Bloomdale or whoever else might be able to work their way to that mix. Cody Canoose, a former transfer from Air Force, maybe can play his way in there. But either way, I think this is a great sign for Montana, Brooks, just the fact that we're talking about all the guys that might play instead of just this uh, stock, here's your five, and uh, who, who's the biggest liability. And, and you named five guys that have played a lot of snaps. You know, I mean, Colton Kynes, you mentioned him maybe not even being on that starting lineup. And what a good sixth man that is for sure. a kid who's played a ton of football at Montana and progressed his entire way through. Gained the weight, gained the strength, and also has played pretty darn well. I, mean, I like that that group. I mean, I think that center position will be super interesting. I think Martin and Forbes are both really good players. I like either of them at guard or center. Um, I thought Martin played really well at center. That AJ Forbes knee injury did look pretty bad. I mean, I thought the way that that, that I thought so too. I thought the way that the brace worked. If anyone has ever seen most of those offensive linemen wear braces, um, it mostly stops the knee from hyperextending. It doesn't really stop the left to right motion that really can hurt other ligaments outside the ACL. So most time ACL tears from a hyperextension of the knee, those knee braces lock at a certain degree and won't let the knee hyperextend. But in Forbes' case, I thought it did. I thought that that brace might have even broken. Um, if not, it did hyperextend a touch, which is interesting and probably pretty lucky to get away um, with a non-torn ACL, as you mentioned, Coulter, which is all, always good news. Uh, I'm interested to see those two tackle spots, you know. 
Colin Beaver's a guy who's getting some national recognition, um, but Dylan Cook played real well. I think either of those guys, we'll see. I think that, that they'll let that battle out a little bit. I don't think that Dylan Cook would be necessarily settling at the right tackle position by any means. I think that would be a great spot for him, but I do think that those guys uh, could flip-flop, and, and we'll see who you know is better in pass protection for that, for that blind spot, side position. One conversation that Brooks and I have been having for a while now is just offensive lines, especially offensive lines at the two Montana schools, particularly offensive lines at the two Montana schools that are built on Montana guys. That's not the case anymore. You do have Colton Kynes, who's from right here in Missoula, Big Sky product. You do have Dylan Cook, who is from Butte. But Dylan Cook started out as an NAIA quarterback at MSU Northern, and Colton Kynes was a walk-on and a guy that was a big-time project when he first got to Montana. Congratulations to him for becoming uh, an adequate to above-average player and and getting the playing time that he's gotten. But there's been sort of a decline in the in-state talent uh, at both sides. And this is a tease for later on. We are going to debut Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Championship. It's our third iteration of Grizz Greats. But amazing that Montana is now 20 years removed from its last football national championship. That's a significant amount of time. That's as, that's the amount of time that it is for most of the guys on the team that have been alive. So very few guys that play for the Grizz remember the last time the Grizz won a national championship. That in itself is striking. I was doing some research for this the other night, though, and I was sending you screenshots of the starting lineup. Here's the starting lineup, the starting offensive line uh, for the uh, Montana Grizzlies back in 2001. Dylan McFarland. From Kalispell, Montana, who who was an All-American, went on to become a six-round draft pick by the Buffalo Bills. Thatcher Slay from Whitefish, one of the most savage offensive linemen to ever play for the Grizzlies, went on and played five years in the NFL. Corey Proctor, who hails from Eastern Washington but was a multiple-year starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Brad Rhodes. I can't remember where Big Brad was from. I, I believe he was from Washington, Washington as well. State, yeah, yeah and, then, and then John Skinner from Dillon, Montana. Uh, the second biggest guy oh, from buddy. Dillon, Montana, oh, besides buddy. Chris Dyke. But those two guys, I mean, my gosh. Part of this is circumstance. If Chris Dyke or Dylan McFarlane or uh, John Skinner were walking around Calspell or Dillon right now, they're getting recruited. I mean, this is, this is not like we're missing on these guys. But there's some fascinating phenomenons going on. And I've been asking coaches at all levels about this. So one of our big stories for August, I asked every single coach of the Big Sky kickoff about this. I've interviewed multiple high school coaches from around Montana about this. I've talked to multiple assistant coaches in the Big Sky. I've talked to multiple former players that still live in Montana. So we have a big, long story all about the evolution of offensive lines in the Big Sky, particularly at Montana and Montana State, and what has happened. Where has all the linemen gone when it comes to Montana? It is an interesting factor. It's really interesting, and I would I can't wait to hear some of those answers. I've heard about half of them, and I, I want to know more of the evolution of are less kids working on farms and ranches? Are are less kids are kids going about the gaining weight in a different way? I also think that as we mentioned, oh, we we reference it all the time. There's three Division One football conferences in the West United States. Yep. It's not necessarily happening in prolific nature. Uh, Montana kids are getting swooped up to the Pac-12. But as you saw, a kid uh, like the Rollins kid from Sentinel, Dylan Rollins, Dylan yeah. Rollins from Sentinel, if you are 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", and you have 275-plus pounds on you and you can get to 320, you aren't probably going to stay around here. They're going to find you. The biggest mystery, though, is, and I know that there's declining populations uh, around some of the more rural towns in Montana, but Dylan Rollins used to be one of 10, not one of one. Right. I mean, he's right. the first dude in seven years of his size and stature to do that. Like, I remember even just my senior year of high school, you had Colin Dow Billing Senior, Jeff Hansen and uh, Jeff, Jeff Hansen and um, 
Who is the other kid from CMR? Regardless, two D1 guys at CMR. Jeff Bolton from Great Falls High. It's true, man. I mean, it's true. you had every team had a six foot five it, it, or it, at least a, at least a six three two eighty guy. And now it's it's hardly any anywhere. It's facts. I mean, in, in my in my class, which is 2009. I mean, Toby Erickson was six six four two eighty five. Went to Boise State. Tyler Thomas is six four two eighty five. Went to Oregon State. I mean, yeah. real deal offensive linemen that were beyond productive, let alone have the stature to, to go D one. So I'm I'm interested in that. It's what what a cool story. Yeah, for sure. I, I, last note on this because I know we're rambling now about something that I am just incredibly fascinated by. But uh, at the Montana Football Hall of Fame, I had the distinct pleasure. I'm playing golf with John Borchard. John Borchard was an All-American offensive lineman at Montana State for the Sonny Holland Bobcats in the 1970s. Played 10 years in the NFL during one of the most fascinating and tough times to play offensive tackle in the league. During the rise of the fearsome pass rushers like Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, uh, Joe Klecko. So listening to Borchard tell stories about, you know... <laughs> Gearing up to block Lawrence Taylor on Monday Night Football, pretty fascinating. I, don't, I think that he probably has as good a gauge as anybody on all this stuff. But his whole theory was that it's just purely about if you have to work outside all the time, you're going to have bigger hands, bigger feet, a bigger frame. You're going to be more hungry. You're going to be eating more wholesome foods because you're likely living off the land. And his whole theory was, yeah, I hardly ever lifted weights. And I got to be 6'5", 290 because... I bucked bales all day and drank whole milk and ate steaks for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it just makes you bigger. You have to wonder if there's an agricultural uh, aspect to it as well. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Brooks Nuanas in studio with me. Coulter Nuanas going through the primary storylines for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies as both teams get set to open fall camp, commencing officially, finally, the return of football around the state of Montana. To me, one of the top storylines out of Montana State, Brooks, coming in this fall camp personnel-wise is how do they replace the outstanding safeties that they had this last uh, in, to, in 2019? Looking at the statistics for MSU, so many guys on their front seven were so dominant. I mean, the Bobcats, the last eight games of 2019, were as lights out of a defense as I've ever seen. If you take away uh, a bomb on the second play of the game against Albany, a score on a trick play by North Dakota, um, a long kick return by Malik Flowers that then set up a short touchdown for the Grizzlies, and I believe there was one other, oh, uh, I think a 78-yard touchdown by Austin P. You take those four big plays out, and the Bobcats gave up four, count them four points, and six first downs per contest for the last eight games of the season. That's lights out. You look at the statistics, the guys, there's a reason that that Jacque Allen and JoJo Henderson got hardly any uh, all-league recognition. There was no plays to be made, because if, I mean, Chase Benson, your nose tackle, has 60 tackles. Then the front seven has all the tackles. Just cleaning up. I mean, Derek Marks had 60-plus tackles as a D-tackle. Right, Amandre right. Williams had 80-plus tackles. Not to mention Troy Anderson, Calhoun O'Reilly. I mean, the front seven was just destroying people. And so if there was ever a uh, a last resort of defense, it was always Braden Conkle. Justifiably, he was a first-team all-league pick. Got to mention Josh Hill in there, too. I mean, he had a million tackles, too. The defense was so excellent at Montana State in 2019. But the guys on the front seven got so many accolades, so many first-team all-league type accolades. I thought that Jacque Allen and JoJo Henderson were two of the most underrated players on the Bobcats. I know they're going to go into a new scheme change, but that seems like a position where they got a lot of guys that need to step up because they have no real returners because those guys, those three, basically just rolled every defensive snap. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a whole different scheme, which will be really interesting. But the fact that you have new pieces it's okay that there's a new scheme. You know, it's not guys that are trying to, to flex what they have been doing for years. So 
Ty Okada played a lot in the nickel last year. Also, yep. also played some safety. But I think he is going to be the kind of player that can replace the Jacque Allen. I think Braden Conkle is the harder player to, to replace. Even though the Jacque, his ball skills, I'm not saying are, are rep, you can replicate that at all. A real ball hawk and also a guy that can bring the hat at three, 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 three downs um, a possession. But I love Jeffrey Manning, the transfer from Oregon State. I thought he was a really good, a really good player. I, he popped instantly. You could yep. tell that he was a high D1 talent, yep. and he has the physical nature to play strong and free. But I think Ty Okada plays the same there. I think Jeff, you can tell they think Jeffrey Manning's a dude too, because and, and you not to read too much into this kind of stuff, but when you're on the graphics and you're in the videos and all the Twitter stuff, and, and it, it's clearly established that you're a leader of the team and you're the guy that's leading the party on the sidelines and you're the guy that's in the front of the photo shoot and you're the guy with all the fancy ball skills that they're promoting, it's often indicative that the coaching staff thinks you're a dude. And so I think that that's kind of the case with Jeffrey Manning as well. Yeah, and, you, and a lot of times at this day and age, they call these you know guys get nominated to leadership councils, usually guys that are you know leaders of their position group as well as leaders of the team. You get six or seven guys that meet with head coach every, every week. That's how Jeff Choate did it, but I hear that from a lot of different coaching staffs. Jeffrey Manning seems to have fallen into that type of leadership role really early on. The other thing about it is in this league, you're going to always need three safeties. Freddie Banks, defensive coordinator for Montana State, they're going to run an even man front. They're going to run more of a traditional 4-3 front, but they're going to, it's going to be more like a 4-2 because they're going to often play a rover or a nickel. And that's what we saw in the spring. I know that they really like both Tyrell Thomas and Lavelle Price Jr. at that nickel spot, but Okada's played it as well. If Okada bumps down there, then you need a second guy to play safety unless you're truly trusting Jeffrey Manning to just play like a one-high free the whole time. Which then plays into a guy who's gotten a lot of hype but hasn't been able to stay healthy yet, but a guy that was impressive, impressed both coaching staffs, both the former and the current one, and that's Rylan Ort from right here in Missoula, a Missoula Sentinel product. And so uh, I, I know that Rylan's been on this show uh, several times, and he's a friend of the show, uh, but he's a guy that has gotten a lot of good returns from the offseason stuff, fall camp, spring ball, but he hasn't really had an opportunity to prove it on the field yet. But it seems to me that they need another guy. They need a third safety because you just have to have one in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, and I think it could be him. You know, I really like his motor. He's the kind of guy that just gets going fast and doesn't really slow down. He's smart, too. He sees it. He sees it, and that's how you can play fast. But there's also this timeline of of football players at the Division One level where once it starts and your clock starts, you get to year three pretty quick. And at year three, you have to produce. And he's not, th- he's not there yet. Right. But, like, once you hit that third year, like, if you're not producing – you fall back behind a, a whole couple recruiting classes yes. real quickly. So it's it's almost not a now or never situation. But if the opportunity arises, it, he's going to have to seize it because then it, then you could hold that job for a full three seasons. Go on is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Skyline Sports, SkylineSportsMT.com. Go check it out for comprehensive coverage of Grizzlies, Bobcats, and all football across the Big Sky Conference as we prepare for a big-time 2021 football season. Brooks Nuanas in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We will continue our conversation about the top storylines coming out of fall camp, or coming into fall camp, rather, for both Montana and Montana State. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. One, two, three, four. 
on ESPN Radio. We're so excited that football is back. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a step out of the Montana football hour and talk some golf so that we can do the Montana football hour for an entire another hour at hour number two. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio at Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula. Go check them out on the corner of Mount and Stevens. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Northwest United States. Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, my brother, business partner, will return here in studio in about 10 minutes. We'll continue our conversation about the top storylines for both Montana and Montana State as both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies begin fall camp this week. We're so excited to provide all that coverage for you, both here at ESPN Missoula as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. We have a golf tournament coming up. We talk golf a lot around here. We talk about the tournaments we play in a lot, but this one is for a great cause. Susan Tower from the Missoula Education Foundation in studio with me. Susan, thanks so much for swinging by. How are you? I'm good, Coulter. Thanks for having me. So tell us about this golf tournament. September, here's the details. September 17th, 10 a.m. shotgun start at the Missoula Country Club. It's 150 bucks per player or $600 per team. It's a four-person scramble. But more importantly, this is raising funds for the Missoula Education Foundation. So tell us about what you guys do and uh, what you're hoping in terms of sort of the, uh, the the feedback and participation in this tournament. We fundraise and, well, we, build, we raise funds and we build awareness for events that are happening in Missoula County Public Schools. We are their affiliated nonprofit arm and we are passionate about building strong public schools here in Missoula. This golf tournament is one way that we raise funds to support our activities. We like to support teachers through classroom grants and we support students through scholarships. We also have a really vibrant student board of directors and we also have Educator of the Year Awards. Public education uh, is so important first and foremost, but it's been such a, a uh, great part about Missoula for so long. So that must give you a lot of pride, right? Because I think there's a reputation. I think we're seeing that's why so many young families are moving to town in, in currently, but has been for a long time as well. So I mean, how much pride do you guys take in that? Because it seems like raising money and doing what the Missoula Education Foundation does is essential to sort of maintaining that reputation. Absolutely. Um, our children are our best resource. They're our most precious resource. And myself, like so many others, are public school graduates. So we do find a lot of value and we believe in the value of a strong public education system here in Missoula. What do you think is the biggest challenge right now facing Missoula Education Foundation? Is there any? It sounds like, I mean, that's a great, that, that's, that's a good thing. That means if you guys, if you guys are rolling right along, uh, that's an awesome thing. Uh, what, what do you think, what would be your, your dream or your hope for your extension? What, what's next for public education in Missoula? I mean, what, what could be added to what's already a pretty vibrant uh, education, especially when it comes to like the elementary school levels? We would love to be able to support more literacy programs for our elementary school kids, both reading literacy, math literacy, um, and we'd love to have really great uh, 
community partnerships between our business community and the school so that we have a lot of communication, a lot of interfacing, a lot, a lot of support that we can build um, so that students and teachers know that we support everything that they do and we're all invested in their in their well-being. How, how has public education been influenced by the growth of Missoula? Have you guys seen oh, an gosh. influx of populations in schools? There is an influx of populations in schools and of course we are now looking at a major influx of people moving to Missoula. Sure. So um, I would anticipate some, you know, things happening in the next few years with larger student populations and possibly um, the district has been looking at, you know, boundary study and um, they will keep working on, on that in the years to come. Susan Tower in studio. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. She's from the Missoula Education Foundation. They have their annual golf scramble. At the Missoula Country Club, September 17th, that's a Friday, $100, $150 per player, excuse me, $600 per team. That's going to get you a golf, uh, the full round of golf, a cart, some morning adult beverages and breakfast, swag bag for each player, box lunch during your round, drink tickets for the beverage cart, and a chance to win hole-in-one prizes. And there's some grand prizes, whole prizes, all that stuff as well, right? We have so many prizes, it's ridiculous. We are also raffling off a brand new Polaris Ranger 500. That's a, that's a great prize as well. That will mm-hmm. be a very coveted one. So tell people then, how can they get involved? How can they sign up for this tournament? How can they find out more information? The easiest way to get more information is to visit our website, MissoulaEdFoundation.org, and you will find information there for the golf tournament under our events page, as well as some information on the Polaris raffle if you are interested in buying a raffle ticket. Love it. MissoulaEdFoundation.org. That's MissoulaEdFoundation.org. You know I'm a sucker for a golf tournament. Maybe we'll see you out there. I'm going to try to see if uh, the old boss lady will let me play in this one. And maybe we'll get a little Missoula broadcasting team out there. But either way, go support the Missoula Education Foundation, their annual golf tournament, September 17th, Missoula Country Club. Susan Tower, thank you so much for swinging by. This is great. Thanks for having me, Coulter. Nuana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. More college football, FBS, FCS, everything in between. Brooks Nuana is in studio with me. Hour number two coming at you hot. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 